0: Well, hey there, Canada and the rest of the world, and welcome once again to Netflix, the show where we review the movies available to stream on Netflix. It's like a book club for people who don't like to read. I'm your host, Dylan Clark Moore, and as always, I do want to warn about the possibility of spoilers and that we keep an explicit tag on the show in case of language that may be a little salty for some listeners. With that business out of the way, let's get into it, shall we? single eared listeners may recognize the voice of this episode's guest from a few episodes back when we talked about Bo Burnham's epic stand-up special, Make Happy. Welcome back to the show, Kevin Avram.
1: Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me back. Uh, feels really good. It's like a warm
0: massage for your ears.
1: Ooh, I like that. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just not just because of my sultry, natural, soft voice.
0: How are you, Kevin? You're enjoying... The lovely isolation.
1: Are we going to bring up what I guess some of the internet is calling the Backstreet Boys reunion tour? (laughs) We're all sort of isolated during this time, this uh, difficult time. Well, we don't
0: have to talk about that. I mean, while the rest of the world is worrying about some, some silly disease, we can focus on what's important, like what you've been watching on Netflix recently.
1: Yeah, it's definitely given me enough time to watch new stuff on Netflix. We were talking about our comedy specials last hour things that we liked in comedy on netflix last time with make happy and bo burnham totally got to recommend middle ditch and schwartz i believe is just what the special is called it's three episodes of uh, tom middleditch and ben schwartz just doing long form improv together and it's one of those things where you don't know if it's gonna work like how would this actually be entertaining and then like 58 minutes pass and you're like wow it's over already that's amazing
0: that's fantastic it had been uh pretty highly recommended i was checking out what the top movies of the year have been so far on Letterboxd for 2020 and because there have been so few like wide releases there's some more off-the-beaten-path stuff that's trending, and uh, Middleditch yeah. and Schwartz is apparently the third highest-rated thing of the year on Letterboxd right now.
1: Wow. That is... Well, that's awesome. Like Good for them. They're both really good guys and uh, do a lot of different random humor stuff, like you see them in little parts everywhere except for, I guess, Tom Middleditch's main thing in Silicon Valley, but uh, it's awesome. They're a powerhouse, a comedy duo powerhouse.
0: Uh, I, I just watched Sonic, so I'm not sure if Ben Schwartz could possibly I, beat that in terms of comedic. Yeah, I saw that
1: too. Yeah, I mean it's it was fun. It's a good enough kids movie, I think. And uh, the way that's uh, my girlfriend and I were talking about it was that it seemed like someone came into a movie executive's office and just said like, "Oh, you know, movies? Like, let's make one of those, but with Sonic." It was like <laughs> the, the most basic plot. Like it had nothing, like it could have been any characters in this plot that was just a road trip movie. So they're just like, Yeah, I've seen movies before. Let's make (laughs) one with with our old buddy Sonic. That's totally true. I I was
0: watching uh, The Toys That Made Us. Have you seen that hockey series? Yeah, yeah. Just a couple of them. They talk on, on that, especially in the Star Trek episode, about label slapping. How they'll just, like, take an existing product and just be like, oh, shit, this is popular, and just, like, slap a Star Trek sticker on it. And, yeah, Sonic is such a sticker-slapped movie. (laughs) that It could be anything else. They were like, "Uh, let's throw Sonic on it, and then uh, fuck it. Like, let's just get Jim Carrey to do Jim Carrey shit, even if it doesn't work, (laughs) even if it doesn't fit, even if it doesn't make any sense. Mm Do (laughs)
1: it. Yeah, because we need something. (laughs) make this (laughs) like something i I don't know i thought it had a lot of promise because at the beginning you see him running around the world that looks like the levels that you play in the game and stuff so you're like oh cool video game movie and then he immediately gets sent into earth and everything's just boring and then he never goes back to like this fantastical place until the very end when spoilers uh but they already ruined it in the trailer so whatever eggman is wandering around like Professor Robotnik and now he looks like the Sonic version and now they're in these cool worlds and stuff I was like I just thought it was a really wasted opportunity when they could have been you know traveling through these rings into all these alternate dimension level stuff like really easy plot device right there but now let's drive to San Francisco with Sonic (laughs) and then maybe do a little hoedown in a in a bar and floss twice we'll have them flossing twice in this one
0: Oh, I forgot about that. He does floss twice.
1: Oh yeah. That'll age well. Yeah, exactly. When that finally comes to Netflix, we should do our episode on that one. All right. Yeah. We're not here to talk. This isn't the Sonic episode. It's
0: not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we broke the cardinal rule. We talked about something that's not on Netflix. so Yeah. Uh, people are definitely fast forwarding through this part. You gotta go fast forward.
1: So, anyway,
0: we're. There it is. About...
1: That's the ribbon. That's the bow on this bit.
0: So, what we're actually here to talk about, sorry to disappoint people who somehow stumbled across this Sonic podcast, is a movie from the year 2017, directed by Christopher Landon, son of Michael Landon of uh, Little House on the Prairie fame, starring Jessica Roth. Uh, we're going to be talking about horror comedy Happy Death Day.
1: Mm-hmm. Another film about happiness, if you think about it. <laughs> it <laughs> has happy in the title.
0: Oh, shit. I'm oh, in. We're yeah. going to have to do Happy Feet next. Uh, <laughs> we have to. Then we'll do the sequels. We'll do Happy Death Day 2. Or mm-hmm. Happy Death Day 2U. I think that's what yeah. it's called. And then yep. Happy Feet 2... So, for anybody who's not familiar, uh, the plot of Happy Death Day, according to Netflix, is a college student finds herself trapped in a time loop, reliving the day of her murder over and over again, which is a succinct and accurate plot description from Netflix, which is a novelty. I
1: appreciate it. They nailed it this time. They really got the the job done. So,
0: Kevin, when we had talked about what you were going to do on this episode, we tossed out three movie ideas. Mm -hmm. Uh, One, for some reason, was Shaun the Sheep, Farmageddon.
1: Don't knock it. Uh, I'm not knocking it. I have not seen it. It I actually haven't seen it, but I saw the first Shaun the Sheep movie, and it still holds a special place in my Uh, heart.
0: I'm glad you have
1: that in your life. (laughs) But no one was interested in that. They want happy feet.
0: Uh, The other two options that we ended up presenting to fans to vote for were Happy Death Day, and B Movie, which uh, anybody
1: who's familiar with you on—is
0: it like on social media you're known for B Movie, or was that just a thing
1: at work? Technically, millions of people have read my articles, but it's those articles that no one knows who you're reading. So from like com where I used to write for, that came just became an underlying joke in a lot of my comedy articles there, and uh, and then just escalated into this thing. Yeah, it was definitely bigger in the office than it ever was, like in my life, (laughs) but (laughs) B-movie just became sort of, oh, Kevin, yeah, that's the guy who just loves the (laughs) B-movie. Which I never backed away from. I was like, you know what? Fine. That's my identity. It's it's 2018.
0: So people were interested in the, the vote was pretty pretty damn close. It was, yeah. It was neck and neck. So when it came down to it, you were like, all right, if it's a tie, let's do Happy Death Day. So tell me a little bit about like how you came to this movie, why it was one that you wanted to talk about in the first place, and ultimately why you ended up picking it.
1: Sure. Um, well, I came to this movie, I'll never forget seeing the trailer in theaters when I went to see it like the first chapter it in 2017 there was a trailer for happy death day and the trailer is fantastic uh it's just cheesy enough and it shows like all the horror tropes and stuff and it has this through line this constant uh playing of the song in the club by 50 cent and it's amazing and it it keeps saying go shorty it's your birthday throughout the whole like trailer and then it'll go like And then I'll be like, Gonna party like it's your birthday. Gong, gong. And it's just like this amazing juxtaposition of, I don't give a shit, and also, we're gonna take this seriously for some reason. And just (laughs) when you think you figured out the movie, the best line in the whole trailer drops because there's 50 Cent just going, Go, shorty, it's your birthday. And then this guy says, Whoever the killer is knows it's your birthday. (laughs) And I turned, I turned to my friends in the theater and I was like, oh my God, is the killer 50 cent? Because <laughs> so far only he knows that it's her birthday. So we were like, we have to see this movie. And we just sort of went on a cheap Tuesday night and literally saw it on, uh, in theaters and just had a blast with it. So when I saw it just sort of in my Netflix queue, of things that I, you know, have been meaning to watch, but haven't yet. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll throw that into the mix. And if people want to talk about it, let's go for it. Cause it's super fun. Um, it's horrible, but so good for that. Like it does not take itself seriously. And then sometimes it does. And I think that's just great. It has a total identity crisis. So I'm, I'm stoked to explore that. Actually, I don't, I don't know
0: if I, I understand what you're saying about it, having an identity crisis, but I also feel like this, movie very much knows what it is. Like, it's not like it's trying to take itself seriously with some jokes inserted. It knows how to be a slasher, like a 90s style slasher.
1: Oh, totally. And it's, it is it is unapologetically, uh, Scream meets Groundhog Day, right? Like they yes. just, that's the pitch for <laughs> yeah. it. And so like, yeah, you know, it's going to be a fun movie, I guess. Like what I mean by the identity crisis that I see right off the bat is that I think it wants to be a rated R movie. But they didn't know where the audience would be for it if it was rated R. So they made it PG-13 to play it kind of safe, I think. And uh, so that's where you get like really weirdly inserted lines like, uh, oh, you're going to stay away from Nick's nutter butter instead (laughs) of of just being like, oh, this guy's going to. Come on you or whatever (laughs) we were getting crass this is the explicit rating now but like they'll say nutter butter and like all kinds of weird things
0: yeah and i mean the the kills are pretty tame now it's interesting that you've brought up like you've brought up a couple of things that uh having some knowledge about how the movie got made might shine some light or like answer some of these questions oh cool first of all just before we move on from the 50 cent thing so when the movie was written it was actually intended for that to be her ringtone so every time she wakes up, it was supposed to be, it's your birthday. We go, but yeah, like, they couldn't get the rights to it. Damn. Uh, so that's why they ended up with that, like weird jingly, oh, it's, so it's bad. your birthday. Yeah. Thing. It's
1: so bad. It plays every time and it's supposed to be, that's it's, uh, I got you, babe. Right? Like that should be, and it would be really impactful with a recognizable song. So, wow. The fact that they were like, well. We'll just make up something and they decided <laughs> to get Alvin and the chipmunks to fucking sing into like an old Casio tape recorder <laughs> It's like horrible.
0: And then as for the, uh, and maybe this is that, uh, identity crisis you were talking about. So about the ratings and like how this seems like it's a PG 13 by way of being R and PG and meeting in the middle, as opposed uh-huh. to just like aiming for that. The uh-huh. script, I guess, was originally written as an R slasher. But then the director was like, no, 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 let's chill it back. Let's, like, scale that stuff down and, like, make the kills less, like, bloody and gory and ridiculous and just kind of lean more into the comedy of it.
1: Yeah, and you can see that kind of struggle throughout.
0: Interestingly enough, the uh, the writer, Scott Lobdell, is, uh, according to IMDb, best known for writing Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You, followed by Man of the House, the Tommy Lee Jones comedy. Oh. Wow. And then, most impressively, he wrote on the Godzilla cartoon series in the 90s.
1: That's amazing. Wow, I didn't know. Well, what good a, for him. What yeah. a
0: career progression.
1: Oh, yeah. So, the guy who wrote the 90s Godzilla cartoon also wrote the line, please stop staring me at me like I just took a dump on your mother's head. <laughs> That's the kind of writing that only, what's his name? Scott Waddell?
0: Scott Lobdell? L o b d e l l, sure.
1: Yeah, that's that's a Lobdell classic. Like, <laughs> that's up there with you know two households, both alike in dignity. It's just something you 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 hear that. Please stop staring at me like I just took a dump on your mom's head, and you're like, oof, Lobdell. Yeah, I have read him.
0: <laughs> it's written on the syllabus of the the Lobdell <laughs> intro Lobdell chorus <laughs> that I took. Intro,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it takes well, a few a few seminars to get that one down yeah
0: absolutely i took advanced godzilla
1: the series uh, <laughs> as a as an elective yeah but um no that's that's great like i'm i'm glad that uh you know he's had a career that's all over the place cuz i think anyone who kind of wants to make their creativity uh into a career they know that sometimes you have to uh make spices to what I think your original work would be, and sometimes you have to do a job that's just a job, but it still allows you to, you know, put your own uh, thing into it, or at least to learn the craft. So yeah. even if you are writing for Godzilla, you're still writing, right? Who knows?
0: Man of the House could have been a passion project for him. We don't. Sure. We don't yeah. know this guy's life.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this this is going to be a spinoff, totally. The Lobdell Files. You know, we've talked a bit
0: about how a bit all over the map this movie is in terms of like being a slasher and being a comedy and really aiming to find the balance between those. You've kind of brought up that you feel like it's bad sometimes, like you feel like it misses that mark. Can you
1: Um, dig a little deeper into that? Yeah, I think like bad is a very blank kind of descriptor there. I think that a sort of it's so bad it's good moment and they... At at times they know when those moments are that, and they'll really draw it out, like the uh, cupcake scene um, with the fiery death, when they drop the cupcake with the candle on it, and it lights lights this huge line of fire, and you know, and she's in this cop car, and then the whole thing explodes, and like that is like it's bad, sure. But like, it's pretty awesome to just sit there and watch that because you're laughing the whole time and it's supposed to be really tense. So, yes, you wouldn't sit back and say, oh, yeah, sure. Film. You've got Citizen Kane, Godfather, Happy Death Day, (laughs) uh, B-movie and Happy Feet. Yeah,
0: I guess maybe this is me focusing a little bit too much on, you know, bad as a as a term and maybe sure you know. i guess
1: there is negative connotations to the word <laughs> <laughs> but
0: i mean like no i don't think that anybody making that scene thought that they were doing anything earnest right like when you sure. when you're like and then the killer lights Lights the police car up using a birthday candle. Like they know it's ridiculous, but they're also like, we know we're making a slash. Yeah, exactly. And they're like, Mm -hmm. okay, so we know we're going to shoot it like a slasher movie, but like,
1: it is a joke. Yeah, for sure. And I do got to hand it to the cast because there are some like performances. Like I think Jessica Roth herself, like kills it the whole time. I think she's really good in this role and like her acting is like cheesy at some parts when it needs to be when they need to like at the very beginning get across that oh she's a foul person it's sort of over the top but like she's really good as both a heroine and a victim and uh yeah and i think she kills it like more than most uh of the other actors in it yeah so for as cheesy as it is I think the performances are actually pretty substantial. Like, they're pretty great isn't it.
0: No, I think it's a lot of fun. I think that, yeah, I mean, with Jessica Roth, she does a great job at the beginning of just playing up the bitch so well that mm. for me watching it the second time, I already knew the mystery. I knew who it was that was actually doing the killing. But as I was watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, like in the back of your mind, like she's mistreating so many people along the way that you're like, Literally anybody she's met could potentially yeah. be the murderer. <laughs> uh, yeah, which was a lot of a lot of fun, and she does such a great job of of that. And then like the gradual like softening that she goes through as she, you know, learns to be empathetic with the people around her, and yeah, definitely deserves uh, some accolades for for what she did. She's got a really expressive face. She does yeah, a really good job of like definitely. showing showing the subtlety and showing like the. Like a variety of emotions at the same time. Like, mm. I'm thinking of the scene where she goes into the, uh, when she's at the frat party, uh, and right. she goes upstairs to the bedroom with the guy and she's, you know, she like puts on her sex face and everything and she's ready to be all seductive, but then he starts acting like a total tool. <laughs> yeah. And, but she's also reacting to, Uh, the cell phone messages that she's sending. So she's like having, she's portraying like three different things all at the same time. I thought that was a a, a really impressive thing to do.
1: Yeah, for sure. I love for me, her, her top moments like that are like anytime she has the disgusted face where she just looks at someone like, I can't believe you are this stupid. (laughs) And it'll come at moments where she's like, her mascara is running down and she's like, been all haggard, but then someone says something really dumb, and she just like death stares them. It's uh really good that and her scream is like her scream face. Like she's got the ability, like I said, to be a total badass and to be like the slasher victim. She plays both of them and mm-hmm. the whole thing really well.
0: Speaking of scream faces, I'm so glad I get to do an actual segue. All uh, right, how, okay. So how do you, how do you feel about? Uh, and i guess i'll loop, loop back to yeah. scream face but how do you feel about like the baby the mask <laughs> as, oh man as yeah. a killer like how how does that make you feel <laughs> what's your reaction to that oh, it's
1: so it's so funny because again so taking back to just seeing what the trailer was and then seeing this is uh, really confusing cuz they don't i'm pretty sure in the trailer they don't show that the mask is actually the mascot for the college that she's at they just have it as like the killer's face so it just seems like a creepy you know it could be like any kind of mask and uh but then you see like that their college mascot is this giant baby and you see the the poster for it and even the graphic that they use on their own school's posters and stuff is just horrifying like there's never a time when the baby doesn't look disgustingly like uncanny and and just creep factor to the max that uh that's a perfect i think that's a perfect representation of how this movie balances comedy and slasher by knowing what it is by showing you that and just saying, yeah, it's the mascot. Fuck you.
0: So that's something that the director has specifically talked about that he was like, I want something that is going to be able to be creepy. But it also shows that like this movie is funny and like just silly at the same time. Mm-hmm. So like what's like he wanted it to be like believable as a potential mascot. And uh I guess they actually got uh, either sued or attempted to be sued by the person who made the... I think it's called King Cake Baby, which is one of the New Orleans really? Pelicans mascots. Which it's like a, like a Mardi Gras baby, and it, they look kind <laughs> of similar. So they're like, hey, you stole our idea for this mascot mask. So there's this whole lawsuit about it. But yeah, the mask itself was actually created by Tony Gardner, who also designed the Ghostface mask from Scream. Oh, really? So it, so you've got this like this team that created these iconic horror moments, but they're also looking at well, what can we do to get that same kind of creep factor, but make sure that people know that we're not supposed to take this too seriously at the same time.
1: Sure, yeah, no, and again, totally works. Um, and also, I definitely googled King Cake Baby, and that might potentially be scarier than than the Happy (laughs) Death Day mascot. That is horrifying. Yeah, and you can totally see the similarities. Yeah, Um, I just, I mean, like,
0: like if you're going to make a giant baby, like, how Uh if the idea is to make a giant baby costume, (laughs) like, how how similar are they going to be?
1: So it was the same designer as the Scream face. That's interesting and uh, really cool, because there is something about that. It has the same kind of subtlety in a sense that uh of just you know you get a blank expression and just one fixed expression is always the way to go like um Mm -hmm. or nothing right like that's why jason Voorhees works so well is because it's just so totally blank and in a weird sense even though it's a cute or creepy baby thing or whatever. It's just <laughs> blank, like, one face. Like, there's no... That's what makes it so uncanny, right? Yeah. Like, there's no... There's nothing that you would ever want to see look like that. It's not natural.
0: No. I'm trying to imagine a school committee that would be like, oh, let's just be the babies. <laughs> like, nobody's going to take that yeah. team
1: seriously. The mighty fighty babies. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> when it's something that strikes fear into the hearts of our enemies. Like... May- babies. I mean, maybe they had like a, a a
0: booming of teen pregnancies on campus or something and they were like, we need to yep. s- scare the shit out of these kids and remind them that babies are yeah.
1: weird. Or it could be like the um, I don't know, the dean's wife is pressuring him to have another kid but he really doesn't want it and he's like uh, no, look, babies are terrifying. Like, he's really afraid of that kind of commitment.
0: <laughs> I, I, was, I was trying to follow where you were going with that and I was like so
1: the dean's Wife? So the dean has final say, and he uh this is a horrible horrible yeah. example.
0: No, I was I was trying to imagine the situation in which like the dean's wife was like I need to get him thinking about babies, so I'm gonna like <laughs> yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm gonna sneak in and write down oh, this goodness. ridiculous thing. There's a there's a clipboard hanging in his office that just mascot ideas, and she sneaks in at night. Uh,
1: she sneaks in trench coat. She,
0: no, hangs down from the ceiling, Mission Impossible style, uh, writes oh, in with yeah. a crayon giant baby on the clipboard.
1: And they're like, wow, I think a giant baby wrote this because <laughs> it's in crayon. <laughs> Everyone else used the pen. It's a sign. And our college students. So I don't know why one person wrote in crayon giant baby, but we got to respect it.
0: So, I mean, like we've given the movie a lot of credit for finding the balance. I don't know if I love it for that. Like, I feel like it found such a good balance that it wasn't really either. Like, like, I felt like the the horror of it wasn't all that scary. Like, the first time when she gets killed in the tunnel, you're just like, oh, well, that's, like, that sucks. Like, that's really unsettling. But as soon as you learn the gimmick of the movie uh, with, like, the resets and everything, then you lose pretty much any sense of threat. Yeah. Because she's basically invincible at this point. So then it like it needs to be at that point just like super entertaining and i felt like yeah it was fun like i don't regret watching it or anything like that but Mm -hmm. i don't know what i would have wanted it to do differently
1: but i think that it is a comedy film made for fans of horror and like it's not it's set in a universe of horror and like fantastical stuff in the sense where this kind of plot just could happen and exist but it, it is like a comedy, which I think you're right because it doesn't always land on the jokes either. I think it's funny because of one of those kind of it's so bad, it's good kind of things and they lean into that part of the comedy. But like when people have lines that are supposed to be written jokes in the film, they fall flat all the time, like nothing any of the characters actually say in order to be funny is funny. It's all the stupid stuff like, stop staring at me like I just took a dump on your mom's head. Like, that line is (laughs) delivered earnestly, and that's why it's funny. And it's not one of those moments where she's like, oh, you're going to be surprised by Nick's Nutter Butter or something, and, like, that's supposed to be funny, and you're just like, ugh, this is so cringy. So, yeah, it can definitely lose a lot, and it's by no means a um, perfect way to approach this kind of uh, thing is not perfect, but definitely, I guess the whole thing is that it just turned out way better than I ever thought it would going into this thing mm-hmm. fully well, knowing, having seen the trailer, that this is probably going to be crap.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, I uh, can, I can respect that. Like it, mm-hmm. it turned out to be a decent version of what could have been a terrible movie. I think that it, yeah. Yeah. it probably followed the right path in just being like, let's do Groundhog Day, but make it a slasher. Like Mm. if, if that's what its mission was, then I think it succeeded. It's not as, it's not as funny as Groundhog Day, but like, I wasn't, I was never mad about it. Speaking of Groundhog Day though, how do you feel about them so explicitly calling out
1: Groundhog Day at the end of the game? Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think it's good because it at least lets you in on it and like everyone becomes part of that joke and i like that they save it till the end instead of throwing it in there randomly like haha we're so random and meta mm-hmm. blah 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 right it's just sort of at the end i guess like it ultimately ties into the themes of the film as uh, she's repeating this night every night and getting murdered and has to seek true happiness she has- to so em- embraced her death day, her happy death day. And one cannot actually experience true happiness if one hasn't seen Groundhog Day <laughs> or even know who Bill Murray is. So I thought we would get back into our really deep uh, discussion uh, of happiness kind of like uh, last episode. So Shout out to fans of that one. <laughs> I'm so
0: I'm so glad you did that. Oh my god. (laughs) So, I mean, did you? You you said you appreciated it being at the end. Like, like, were you? you, Yeah. Did 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 you feel like it was like almost like a work cited sort of thing? Like, it would be bad if we didn't mention it. So let's throw it in at the end to make sure that people know. Like, we know. Or
1: yeah, I don't know. I think there's like there's only two ways you could have done it. Either not mentioned it at all, or just a little. Throwaway thing at the end like that, and I guess in the theater experience, and not knowing too much other than this ridiculous trailer going in, that when it was over and the cameras zooming away to show like this, the film is ending, I sat in the theater and watched these two, uh, thinking like, "Oh, okay, things worked out," and then they say this line, and it was just sort of like a, "Ah, like ah, little little ribbon on the end of the package sort of thing." Okay. It, I don't know. Tied it off as a, a cute little thing, and I was like, "Yeah, I enjoyed it too." <laughs> like, that's sort of thing, yeah. right? Like, I guess it wasn't like too much for me. I yeah. can see. I was. I think some people would be like, "All right, like you're not that good."
0: I feel like that's the risk,
1: though, is that
0: by mentioning a different movie at the end, and I think everybody would pretty much agree, a better movie at the end, being like, "Hey, let's remind people that." after this they should go home and watch groundhog day like it, it was just it was so it was so outside of like it was the only time that anybody yeah. ever discussed pop culture and i get i get doing it like paying homage like but as soon as the day resets that's when we were all thinking it and then for the characters to right. kind of catch on they're like an hour later was a bit strange like i feel like that the guy
1: That's true, yeah, that the guy didn't ever mention it before, even though he's been told about it many times. Yeah, Yeah, I feel
0: like the guy would have been like, oh, it's like Groundhog Day, I'll like, immediately. Like, I almost feel like it would have been better if he had done that, and every time the day resets, or every time she explained it to him, (laughs) like, we got him, uh, or even like, and maybe this would have been overdoing it, but have her watch Groundhog Day. So that she could, sure. like, like, have that be one of the things that she does to try to, like, solve the mystery. is just be like,
1: well, what the hell did he do? Yeah, what did he do? Oh, he learned from himself. Yeah. Right? It's That's funny. Like, but, t- I mean, t- 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 if they can't t- get the rights to <laughs> in the club, they can't get the two scenes from
0: Groundhog Day. Yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah, from... I don't know. It's just, like, so much of
0: the movie is Groundhog Day.
1: Well, you're and right. Then, it would yeah. be, like... It'd be like if at the end of Avatar they were like, "Okay, well, let's go watch Dances with Wolves." <laughs> <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. that, that kind of homage. But I <laughs> think that's exactly the kind of movie it is. It's just like, yeah, hey, eh? right. It's like just nudging you as an audience member, just think, like, right? Because we were all thinking this whole time. <laughs> I mean, it's the whole like. It's almost like this this sort of sigh of relief of like, oh, finally someone said it. It's just the
0: elephant in the room.
1: Yeah get it yeah
0: yeah exactly i mean like yeah there are so many other ways they could have done it It was just it felt really clumsy and i feel like the coda of yeah. your movie is not the time to remind me that i would have had a better time watching a different movie
1: yeah i guess um again it would be the copyright thing but uh it'd be neat if the guy's cell phone went off for the first time and his ringtone was i got you babe oh that that'd would be amazing. like a, a nice little nod to it with it yeah. you know
0: and I feel like this is the kind of movie where they could have, like, broken the fourth wall and turned and looked at the camera and, like, really hammed up that. It was just every... I, yeah. A lot Here of, we go again. <laughs> okay, but speaking of speaking of Here We Go Again, I love that you're setting me up for these. Um, did you... I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm your
1: best guest.
0: So, speaking of Let's Do This Again and the ending of the movie, are you aware of the original ending that was actually shot for this. Is this something you've stumbled across in your... No, you know?
1: no, this is fantastic, please. All right. I have so, not seen this.
0: So the original ending has Tree, uh like, hospitalized for her injuries uh, after she kills... Spoiler alert, Lori. So she's being treated... I'm basically just reading off IMDb at this point. So she's being t- treated for her injuries by her professor's wife. So the wife of yeah, the professor uh, who she's sleeping with. And so then the wife... Realizes who Tree is, and murders her, uh, which leads to another time loop starting up.
1: Oh wow! Okay, and apparently it would have been a, yeah bittersweet if if she just got murdered then, <laughs> and legit just murdered, and then the credits go, and you're like, well, damn. <laughs> but yeah, that's where I thought you were gonna go with that. Right. But, well, uh, I, I mean, you
0: at least get that she like enters another time loop, so that would have been more setting up for a sequel. I mean, there's there's definitely a tradition of that kind of twist ending i mean god i just rewatched uh, nightmare on elm street the first one this past yeah week. You know, oh that, man that, that bat shit ending
1: <laughs> i guess the, another thing like this is something we didn't really address but like i am a fan of the kind of movies that this film is paying homage to and uh nightmare on elm street is my favorite of the like classic horror uh slashes and stuff i think freddy krueger by far was always my favorite, and that film, oh man, yeah, that ending when the mom gets pulled through the window (laughs) and the freaking car roof comes up in Freddy's colors, that is like, oh yeah, because everyone was doing twists, like um, Friday the 13th, the first one with little boy Jason coming out and stuff, and things that were always so like, whoa, and really shocking and memorable, and they did kind of a, you know, a comedy horror thing of just going so over the top with it that it was just a big fuck you to the audience. Yeah, no, this is happening. The end. <laughs> and you're like, okay. Yeah, right? I love that though.
0: Well, and that's why I, I, like, I, I love the idea of this alternate ending because it gives you mm-hmm. something that's in that style. It's so appropriate for the genre and it... I mean it potentially sets up for a sequel. It's just it would have fit so well, but I guess test audiences were just pissed and like felt like, you know, after she became a better person, she still couldn't break free. Like that was just like too punitive. So they ended up scrapping it and giving you the happy ending instead.
1: You know what I, I hate to be that but like i i think i agree with it ultimately um i think having an actual end to the thing instead of starting another loop feels more rewarding for me as a viewer than seeing say something like the sonic movie we go through all this and at the very end it's such obvious sequel bait that you're just like okay so none of this really mattered because the real movie is gonna be the next movie so you know what I mean? So I think it felt more satisfying to me, even a, with a cheesy <laughs> Bill Murray uh, wink, wink right. to the audience, or sort of thing. I still think I would have preferred that. Yeah. But I mean, um,
0: it, it could totally just be rose-colored glasses that I'm like, well, you know, like I was, I wasn't too keen on what I saw. So of course, the alternative sure. is going to sound better. It just sounds kind of perfect to me.
1: It sounds cool. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be upset with any of uh, the ending point because I wasn't really expecting much right. from That's right. the endings. And, and when it turned out to be, so this is the big spoiler, but yeah, when it turns out to be the roommate of the thing, which is, uh, of, of Tree, which is kind of obvious for a long time until you see it uh, finally come to fruition, you're just so done with it. Like, uh, <laughs> I, um, it, they put no real thought into the things they're just like yeah pick her because that'll seem twist like you know mm. that, oh she can't be the big bulky killer guy right and sometimes she is the killer and some nights she it's the the serial killer guy mm-hmm. and they just so one thing i really this i think ties into a big criticism i have of this movie is that it just feels like a lot of the time they're making shit up as they go and they just keep <laughs> adding adding to the movie so like you know does she uh actually feel this pain or does she get hurt or anything like that sure let's throw in a scene where she's at the doctor and it seems like she has all this scar tissue and whatever which is crazy because only some of the wounds she carries over because she's been like burned alive and you know smashed to pieces and things like that but all you ever see are some stab wounds and uh i guess they're or liver failure or something like that. So so they just keep adding in this stuff, and they're like, oh, okay, um, halfway in the movie, someone turns on a TV about a serial killer that's on the loose or that, that just got arrested or whatever. So that just sort of enters the story. Things are just sort of thrown in the The longer this movie goes, and you just have to sort of shrug and be like, all right.
0: Yeah, it doesn't feel organic. Like I feel like when you do this kind of movie, any any new stuff because the whole loop of this movie is like experiencing the same thing over and over again and then taking branching paths and so like there's not always a connection between she took this different path and therefore she learned this new information sometimes it's just like uh yeah we're we're going to drop you into the middle of a random loop and somebody happens to turn on a TV like it's it's so <laughs> fortuitous sometimes and just like definitely yeah we're showing you this because we need the plot to move forward as opposed to we're doing this because it makes sense for you know what the character is doing at the time
1: oh and sometimes neither i mean she has (laughs) she has a whole scene i think just bridging into the second act where uh she's walking around naked on campus pretty pretty uh famous scene they use in the trailers they use like you see this around her just being like screw it and just walking around naked because she's gonna die nothing matters and it's like okay you see that and you're like wow yeah she's, she's learning from this and whatever then she goes through some rougher patches and stops being competent for a little while and then like bridging into the third act, they just have a whole other scene that's exactly like that first one where she just gains confidence and struts around the campus. There's like two of these identical scenes that just like, uh, when that second one came on, I was like, who cares? We already saw we just did this. this happen. Like, yeah. So yeah, there's definitely times when they're just like, "Uh, I don't know, man, this movie is only like an hour 15. What are some other things she could have to do? You know?
0: like, yeah. Yeah, but there's so much fun to be had in that. Like that's that's a big part of what I remember about Groundhog Day is just when he basically snaps and is just willing to try anything, or (laughs) it's just like, or where he starts playing with the opportunities that he's got. Right, Mm -hmm. where he like develops new skills and he's you know he's got these things that he decides to do with it, and we get a bit of that. But it's stuff like she decides to snoop, like she she wastes an entire life. (gasps) Uh, snooping (laughs) on the guy who she had gone on a date with and she like watches him crank it to gay porn
1: yeah and she's like oh that all makes sense now and like like no one cares because this character isn't developed he's in there for like 20 seconds during her loops uh to just sort of Every time you watch this man, uh, and anyone listening, if you're watching this movie, watch when he walks out of out from the pillar and uh talks to her in these scenes because uh it's totally like stage direction just an actor standing by a pillar (laughs) it's the most choreographed thing for sure it is oh god it's so bad and so there's no development like no one actually cares about this guy and when you see him through her sort of snooping vision you're like who is that and like oh right yeah it's him okay who cares like he's gay great move on like yeah, what? I mean, is it's it's the
0: point of it. It's just there so that she can set up, you know, so that that can be part of her like redemption arc, is like giving him advice. True. Or
1: I love that she has night vision goggles and fucking camo <laughs> paint the whole time too. That was just so great. Yeah, I mean that is a not? nice touch
0: for sure. It, it does require a suspension of disbelief because yeah, that's her 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 reset. If her mission for that day was to investigate this guy, she just only decides to check in on him at night like she's she woke up at nine o'clock right. in the morning and she's only right. now just going to check the guy. like what's she been doing for the other 12 hours before watching this guy crank it yeah
1: if you did want to develop this character you could show him doing a few more things before cranking it <laughs> <laughs> you know i guess to bring it back to something you were saying earlier about um how bill Murray and groundhog day now this is gonna i think just be a theme that we'll have to do as compared to Groundhog Day sometimes but you take that movie and you see how every single day and every single loop is a natural progression. He has a steady incline and then like a big uh, conflict where he has to really deal with, with things. But like everything adds uh, to where his brain is leading him next. So when he first starts to realize what's going on, he's freaked out and he's scared. And then the I think it's like the second or third time that he has his day, uh, like he gets drunk and tries to run away from his fears and ends up in jail and uh and so the next time that it repeats he realizes oh i can go to jail and get away with it so now his dastardly sense starts to come out but then he realizes there's no meaning there and you know everything just naturally builds on itself uh in a logical way whereas tree like starts to get what's going on and then she'll like yeah i'm gonna take advantage of it and then she'll just like Make up whatever the hell to do next with like just a montage. There's like two or three montage scenes in this movie that, like, yeah, follow no real progression or character development that, like, is super meaningful. It's just there because we have seen this movie and we understand that she is supposed to develop as a person through living these times. So it's just like, that's the thing.
0: like, I feel like if you're going to do a Groundhog Day movie, which this movie unapologetically is. It, it, mm. I think it is okay to take some shortcuts because I think that this movie assumes that you've seen Groundhog Day. 100%. And so I think it is okay to take some shortcuts, but I think that if you're taking shortcuts, you need to take those shortcuts because you're going somewhere different. If yep. all you're doing is not showing your work because you're like, oh, well, you already get it because Groundhog Day, and then I'm just going to end it on the same way that Groundhog Day did, which is like the person developing into a more fully-fledged human being and getting a new romantic partner at the end. Like that's, like mm-hmm. you, you didn't do anything really new with it. You just reminded me mm-hmm. that there was another movie that
1: already <laughs> yeah. did this stuff. Uh, and I mean, their thing will be like, well, yeah, we did something new. Now it's a slasher flick. Yeah. And you're like, okay, but, that, like, but that's the thing. That's setting it up where we have this understanding that it's going to fail. Like Again, when I saw that trailer, I just thought, this looks so stupid, I have to know what this is. And I watched it, and it turned out just better than I expected. And when that happens, when your expectations are just set so low, yeah, you're able to forgive exactly the things that we're talking about now. I think if we wanted to make it a better movie, knock it up a few points on those uh, Rotten Tomatoes ratings or whatever, We, you could implement some of these things. But sure. uh, yeah, it, it never really has to be anything more than it is, because it, it really just sets out to accomplish what it wants and, and does that.
0: Yeah, it's got, uh, mm-hmm. let's say, not humble ambitions, but it's got restrained ambitions it knows yeah exactly like you said it knows exactly what it's setting out to do and then it accomplishes it man okay so i just happened to be on the imdb page for this and uh the plot keywords the top ones are stabbed to death trapped in a time loop time loop which only 7 of 9 people agreed should apply there were two people who were like nah <laughs> okay. this movie is not a nah, time loop
1: i know time loop. <laughs>
0: You've seen Looper? Is, now that's a film. This
1: is, this is a repeating time segment. Yeah, it um, doesn't
0: even say loop in the title. Come on.
1: Yeah, it's got to say loop. <laughs> Quantum loop, looper, fruit loops, they're all connected.
0: Alright, man. Was there uh, anything else that you wanted to get into with Happy Death Day? Or do you want to put this one in? I guess
1: just one last of my favorite Lobdell original lines um, <laughs> that I can't believe I didn't bring up yet. But uh, just speaking of the killer being the roommate and when it's finally revealed and why is this happening? Well, he kept choosing you over me and it was the guy that she's having the affair with. And then she says, you're doing all this to kill me over some guy? And she says, oh, you're also a dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole thing. And then they just keep fighting. And it's like, <laughs> I'm laughing. Every time I see that, when I watch it for the second time, so three years later, I watched it and I forgot that that happened. And that, I mean, I think everything after that is when I was just like, oh, okay, you can do anything now. I don't care because, like, that just throws it all at the way you're also a dumb bitch <laughs> and that's why she wants to kill her two reasons just amazing
0: man i just so, so if they did go with that alternate ending then that means that <laughs> all so so Lori hates tree because mm-hmm. of because, that guy because of that guy and then the wife ends up killing tree mm-hmm. because of that guy like, how special yeah. is this guy's dick? Or is this
1: just, right? like, a or...
0: super male fantasy of, like...
1: I'm glad you tuned into my Happy Death Day Theory rant videos because in today's episode, we'll talk about the cult affiliation of the, what was his name, professor or something that she slept <laughs> with. <laughs> Whatever. But um, maybe he's he's got some sort of dark magic or some sort of spell it doesn't make any sense it doesn't it's never going to he's just but, such an uh,
0: unremarkable guy like he's just hot because because he's a good-looking doctor like
1: that's it mm-hmm. he's, he's got an accent too yep. so he's just he's the perfect man and uh you know those crazy ladies they it's like totally what it is too oh well you know it's probably a chick because uh this is jealous or something and uh they're like, that's not enough reason, Scott. And he's like, oh, well, so she's a dumb bitch. Like, okay. Yeah, let's greenlight this one. Yeah, this is... We're going to play the trailer in Stephen King's It. Great job, looked <laughs> out. Another classic.
0: Was there anybody else who you thought it was? Like, who you thought the killer was? Did you have a, a theory? Um,
1: the, the first time watching it, I was, like, pretty much certain that it was the roommate. But then... uh I thought it was also, if anyone else, probably the doctor guy that she's having an affair with, just because of all the hospital staff and blah, blah, blah. But then the doctor guy gets killed, which is also crazy because that's shown to be, what's her name, the um, Lori, the killer, stabbing the doctor guy. Mm-hmm. So good job killing the dude that you said you're doing all this killing for. It's so, it just gets really messy in the I, third act.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's she's working through <laughs> yeah. some
1: stuff. I guess, yeah. At the end of the day, it is the whole, like, well, she just straight crazy. Yeah. So, she'd be murdering.
0: All right, man. Well, let's let's wrap this up in the traditional Netflix way, and that is to invite you to tell me your official Netflix rating. Did this on your profile get a thumbs up or a thumbs down?
1: Oh, there's nothing in the middle, huh? That was no, I've, uh, oof. I know. Yeah, no, it was it was a thumbs up though because uh, if if there's anything my Netflix knows, it's to recommend me shows not based on what I thumbs up at all. It's just Riverdale (laughs) and whatever's new. That's the only recommendations on Netflix I ever get. So it never really matters if I thumbs up or thumbs down. But personally, I always like to feel good about myself by supporting things and giving that a thumbs up. So for me. For Kevin Abram, you heard it first here on Netflix. Or if you were my girlfriend, you've also heard this too. But I liked this movie.
0: I will concur. I know I've been a douche by saying the word concur, but also <laughs> I know I've been. Well, that's a recent development, to be fair. So. I know I've been kind of hard on it, but uh yeah, I mean, it's just like we're we're sitting here having a fill time talking about a movie, and you know, we started off being like, sure. yeah, it's pretty fun. Uh, and that
1: doesn't make a good right, podcast yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that's a good solid five minutes
0: but yeah I mean it's I, I have no regrets about watching it I had a decent time I'm oddly compelled to watch the second one despite having like a, a middling to positive experience with the first one but there's something there sure. and maybe it is just like Groundhog Day worked and it's a formula that you can steel like uh uh, what was that tom cruise robot one live die repeat is what they renamed it edge of tomorrow edge of tomorrow at this point it's uh you know there was a movie that happened and then it created a a (laughs) tiny subgenre is fun to experience nothing wrong with that
1: i think it's a kind of film where in like October and times where you're thinking of watching something spooky or whatever um, toss this on whether you're a horror fan or not like my girlfriend cannot stand horror movies she doesn't like horror at all and even some of the quote unquote jump scares in this film just shook her to the core she would like jump out of the sea (laughs) oh yeah and I'm only scared because she's grabbing my arm so hard every time that I jump because she's like hitting me as this is happening so if you can withstand you know a little bit of jumpiness here and there and uh you're not really a big horror fan i'd still say it's something fun to watch uh if you're in a spooky mood yeah that doesn't really you know have too much gore or gross out stuff yeah
0: i would definitely say that it's the kind of thing that benefits from i imagine i would have enjoyed it more watching it with people and watching it I think watching it, I think the ideal situation is watching this together in a group with drinks, with people who have already seen it, where you can just kind (laughs) of enjoy it for what it is and laugh at the parts that aren't what it thinks it is.
1: Yeah, crack jokes while you're watching it, have some drinks, make a drinking game out of it or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's it's totally a do-nothing-with-your-mind movie, kind of like No Country for Old Men
0: exactly like no country for old men <laughs> all right man this has been a lot of fun uh is yeah, there for having yeah me. is there anything that you want to plug anything you want to tell the people at home about um
1: yeah i guess you guys um can check out uh the jk around j slash k around just check it out on facebook or twitter you can follow us there and we have a podcast that we did About five years ago or over now, but uh, we are trying to get it back in the works to come back out. And that's just a podcast where my friend Joel and I play characterized versions of ourselves, where we dissect comedy. uh, And our tagline is, Taking the Magic Out of Comedy, because that's always... A horrible, horrible idea. It's basically, if you listen to comedy podcasts, this is a satire of that, which is totally not serious. The whole thing is just jokes, and it's for people who like comedy about comedy. The JK Around podcast. Uh, look for us in the near future. Beautiful. Other than that, I guess, too, like uh, London uh, comedy people, if you're listening to this in London, Ontario, or around the Ontario uh, area, Um, I have a lot of great friends, really talented people who are working their butts off, even in isolated times to bring um, live stream shows and whatever they can do for local comedians and comedy. Uh, So follow people there because there's a lot of really great new talent coming out. And I'm super proud of that scene and what people are doing in London, Ontario.
0: That's great thank you again so 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 very much kevin yeah, it, was for having me it was man. great it was great yeah. catching up with you well that's going to be everything for this episode from netflix if you liked what you heard today head on over to netflix.ca to check out the rest of our content like show notes articles and reviews you can also find us on our social media platforms like facebook where we are netflix on twitter where we are netflix pod and we're on instagram and soundcloud as netflix podcast and if you're looking to find me because why wouldn't you Uh, You can find me on Letterboxd, Twitter, and Instagram at DylanClarkMoore. If you'd like to support the show, there are a few ways you can do so. Uh, One of them is by heading over to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or whichever podcast platform you prefer, and subscribing so that each new episode comes straight to you. While you're there, you could drop a rating or a review and let us know what you think, unless you have negative opinions, in which case my fragile ego can't take them. Even more importantly, be sure to tell your friends about what we're doing here. You can also... If you want to just reach that god-tier level of support, you can contribute directly to Netflix by way of our Patreon campaign. Whether it's for the rewards or just to see the wheels keep on this damn thing, you can pledge your support over at patreon.com or by hitting the support Netflix button at the top of netflix.ca. This show is produced and edited by yours truly, and the theme music was provided by Zach Moore. Really appreciate you listening to this episode of Netflix, and be sure to join us next time. I don't know why I said us. It's not Kevin. Be sure to join me here next time for a whole new conversation about a whole new movie from the Netflix catalog. Because even if you think you've seen it all, you ain't streamed nothing yet.